You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Oh, it's Seamus Clancy here on BGN Radio doing a little bit of a throwback podcast this week to something I recorded last year before the Eagles road game in the Meadowlands against the Giants. We have that matchup coming up this weekend. This, uh, this season, next month is the... 10th anniversary of the Miracle at the New Meadowlands. So this podcast from last year looks back on that, how much I love that game, all the memories that come back with it, and why it's such an important moment of Eagles history. So check this out from last year. Let's go. Let's get this one on Sunday. Hopefully we don't need a miracle uh, to bang out this W this weekend. Go Birds. Be it superstition or just an apparition You suddenly What were you doing nine years ago today? Nine years ago, December 19th, 2010. I was on my couch in my parents' living room. I was a junior in high school, a rising junior. It was my junior year. I was watching the Eagles. They were, what, nine and four. They had just had their season saved by Michael Vick, who, after filling in for an injured Kevin Cobb in week one against the Green Bay Packers, was delivering maybe the most electric performance of his entire career. Even more electric and more terrifying for opposing defenses than his early tenure with the Atlanta Falcons. But that day wasn't great for the Eagles to begin with. Now, taking it back, it's 2010. The Eagles have finally moved on from Don McNabb the previous year. Kevin Cobb was the heir apparent, did not go well. Mike Vick, who had been signed back in 2009, uh, fills in for an injured Kevin Cobb, as I said, week one against Green Bay, and just takes over the city. Uh, Kind of a redemption story, you know, after his time in jail, whether you're, I mean, I'm the biggest pro-dog person ever, but, you know, Mike Vick did his time and came out on the other end. Before the Super Bowl, before the 2017 Super Bowl run, the miracle at the New Meadowlands was the pinnacle of my Eagles fandom. And it kind of sounds weird that, hey, it's a random regular season game and a season where they didn't even want a playoff game. Yeah, they'd won a division, but they didn't want a playoff game. And for a lot of fan bases, you wouldn't think of a random game like that. At that time, the Eagles really hadn't done anything in a while. They had made the NFC Championship game in 2008, and the second to last down in McNabb season. That was Deshaun's rookie year. It was a little bit of uncertainty. This was the first year without Donovan McNabb on the roster since 1998. And the guy we thought was going to be the next franchise quarterback clearly wasn't. Now we have Michael Vick and we're wondering all along, is Michael Vick the guy? And ultimately, Mike Vick wasn't the guy here. Uh, His future backup inadvertently became it, Nick Foles. But right then that season, in 2010, the last great Andy Reid season in Philadelphia, the best coach in Eagles history, besides Doug Peterson, obviously. That was an unbelievable game. So I'm 16 years old. I'm watching my couch and my parents living room with my dad and it's just one of those games like this is this is a classic eagles game they're blown at the division we're fighting for a division we haven't won the division since 2006 
we need this and it's not going to happen. This Giants team won the Super Bowl two years ago, three years ago. Are we losing our grip on the division? Is it the Giants time now? Is Eli the premier quarterback in the, the division? Is it over for Andy Reid's Eagles? And on that day, it really felt over for those Eagles. And they were facing in the fourth quarter with less than eight minutes left. They were down 31 to 10. They were down three touchdowns, less than eight minutes left. You know what happened. You know what happened after that. But that was such a magical day. And there are so many factors that go into it. Maybe you don't have this strong of a connection with this moment the way I do. But I think it's a lot of it. Hey, I was 16 years old. I was in just that weird influx period. Everyone is as a teenager you're kind of going through, you know, growth in your personal life. You're dealing with classic teenage problems, school, dating, family problems, worrying about money, starting to try to find a job, starting to worry about college. And I was just kind of in a glass case of motion really at that age, not knowing what I was doing with myself, not knowing what I was going to do with the rest of my life. Classic questions. But on that one afternoon, the Eagles captured my imagination like something out of a Tolkien novel. Oh my God, what a game that was. Merrill Reese's call of that game is the pinnacle of like sports broadcasting. That's just the most magical thing in the world. Merrill Reese has a voice for the gods and I will never have his call of that game out of my mind. Where were you guys at? If you're listening to this, tweet me, email me. Let me know your story. Do you have a magical connection to this game? Is this something that you held on to? Really, before the Patrick Robinson play, before that play, Deshaun's punt return today, well, today being today nine years ago, I should say, was my favorite play in Philly sports history. Seems kind of weird, right? And, and especially in retrospect after the Super Bowl, it feels weird that I held so tightly onto just what other people would consider an ultimately meaningless regular season game. But just at the time, it felt like everything. It just felt perfect. It was the opposite of what the Eagles are supposed to do. They are not supposed to win those games. They're supposed to be the team that loses those games. And it was magical. And that's why I love Deshaun Jackson so much. Obviously, a completely electric player. Fantastic, unparalleled speed for a Philadelphia athlete, regardless of sport. And he just took over that afternoon with that one simple play. And that's kind of what makes this season sad in a way when I had been championing so, so hard for Deshaun Jackson to return to Philly. He comes back, has an unreal game in week one, two touchdown catches on two bombs from Carson Wentz. And I'm thinking, oh my God, we got 2010 magic back. But it was short-lived, and that sucks, and that's one of the bummers of this season amidst a lot of other problems the team's had. Hey, as I said on the uh, earlier from the Bleachers podcast earlier in the week, talking about Dallas, talking about the Washington game from past past Sunday, you know, they're still in the thick of things, but the season hasn't gone the way we wanted it to. It sucks. But, hey, we're still in a position to win it. Let's go on Sunday. Dallas sucks, baby. But I really wanted Deshaun back. I really wanted to capture that teenage magic, that way Deshaun – just took over in my imagination and made me think anything is possible when he's on the Eagles. They're one play away from scoring no matter where they are on the field because they have Deshaun Jackson. And it's such a bummer to put it in respect, retrospect that, you know, we couldn't capture magic in a bottle twice with him. And it's unfortunate that's what happened. You have older players, injury prone players and Howard Roseman and the Birds entire front office and entire franchise are learning at the hard way this year. But that doesn't mean we can't look back on that moment. And love it and appreciate it for what it is. You know, kind of look back on it with a smirk a little bit saying, hey, we thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And then that Super Bowl run happened. Then Patrick Robinson happened. Then Nick Foles happened. Then Brandon Graham happened. But for that moment in time, 
Nothing was better than that. And I, I grew up in the golden era of Philadelphia Eagles football. I was, I talked about this before. I had to be what? Seven going on eight years old for that 2001 NFC Championship season where they lost to the Rams in St. Louis. So, you know, in those formative years of my life, I saw, you know, repeated NFC Championship games those four years in a row. Obviously, they lost the first three, came back in 2004, won, but ultimately lost in the Super Bowl after the Patriots cheated, obviously. You know what they've been doing for nearly 20 years. Disgusting stuff. If it was Philadelphia, the team had been disbanded and moved to London already, I'm sure. But something about that game, and again, it's it's just one of those time and place things. I was 16 years old and just going through my weird transitionary phase. I was, you know, kind of just discovering who I was as a person. And for that one afternoon, I wasn't a confused teenager. I was an Eagles fan. I was connecting with my dad. And I remember... Uh, you know, we're kind of casually watching. I'm chill. I'm lying down on the the love seat. My dad's sitting on the kind of the main couch in my parents' little living room, uh, row home in South Philly, where I spent you know the vast majority of my life growing up. We're just hooting and hollering, screaming as we can't believe what's happening. The Brent Selleck touchdown, Jeremy Macklin touchdown, Mike Vick running in on a third and was it a third and goal draw? Yeah, and it was it might have been fourth and goal. But we're just getting more and more worked up, more and more worked up. And then the Eagles force a sack on Eli. Giants are forced to punt at the end of the game. And we just stand up in our living room. I have my hands on my knees. My dad's like, you know, pacing back and forth. My dad's a big dude. If you've seen him at tailgates, our little Eagles BGN get together this past Sunday at Jose Pistola's. Or not Jose Pistola's, I should say Pistola's Del Sior and brought in Passion in South Philly. Had a wonderful time, guys. Couldn't recommend watching a Birds game there enough. If you're from the area, you're not heading down to the game on Sunday, I definitely recommend there. That's a big dude. 6'3", 6'4", 270, 280. That's a big MFR. He's just standing there pacing back and forth. The Sean's the camera's on the Sean as he's getting ready to get that punt return. He's clapping, he's pumping himself up, he's waving for the crowd to get into it. He's waving at himself, amping everyone up. He knows it's gonna happen. And all I can remember is my dad looking at him and like kind of shaking his head, kind of smirking himself and saying like, you mother effer, you mother effer, you mother effer, take this back to the mother effing house. And Deshaun did. And it was like such a classic Sunday afternoon for me. Like, uh, you know, I'm downstairs with my dad in the living room, kind of just stereotypical South Philly or Philadelphia viewing experience. My mom's upstairs, you know, blow drying her hair, straightening it. And downstairs, my dad and the dog. And Deshaun takes that punt back. And we're just screaming. Like I was like a chubby teenager. I'm jumping up and down screaming. My dad's jumping up and down screaming. Our dog runs out of the dog cage. The dog's screaming. The dog's screaming. We're picking up the dog. Our dog was a giant fat dog that we fed table food every night. We're all screaming, going nuts. You would have thought, you know, world peace was just achieved. You would have thought the Eagles won the Super Bowl the way we were celebrating. And I can just imagine my mom like running down the stairs going, what the F is going on down here? And we just ignored her. We're screaming. We're like hugging each other. The dog's barking. I'm rolling on the ground with the dog screaming, laughing, just in awe and disbelief of what we just watched. Oh, I love looking back on these things. That's what it's about. With, I don't know if it's for you guys, if you have similar experiences, guys or girls, whoever's listening. It's all about nostalgia for me. It's about my connections with my family, my friends, my your partner, whomever, your friends from growing up, your friends from high school, your friends from college, your friends you made as an adult. The way the Eagles are this universal concept that connect all of us no matter 
what neighborhood or town we're from, you know, where we went to high school, where we went to college, how much money our parents made, how much money we make now. On Sundays, it doesn't matter. We all we got, we all we need. And every Eagles fan of a certain age can tell you it's one of those flashbulb memories. They can tell you exactly where they were, what they were doing during that game. That's the beauty of sports. That's the beauty of being a Philadelphian. That's the beauty of being an Eagles fan. I love this team, as you know. What an afternoon, man. I wish I was there. I wonder if I would have left just because it would have been one of those things that were getting crushed and like mentally... I couldn't take being there, I feel like. I would get, I'd be so scared that I was drunk. Obviously, if I was 16 years old, I wouldn't be drinking at the game or anything. But imagine myself now, 25, being there. I would have been drunk as a skunk, screaming, probably ready to shed some tears, and I needed to get the hell out of that uh, stadium before something bad went down. Uh, and that would have sucked, obviously, if I didn't catch that. I do know one person who was there, good friend of the podcast, and my dear friend, Mike Hemsher. Uh, his now fiance was at that game. Uh, I've talked to her about that. I said, did you stay the whole game? She said, yeah, great guy, Shire Nation. But anyway, this is what I wanted to kind of end the podcast on or talk about. I want to watch the highlight video. You know what highlight video I'm talking about? On YouTube, it's the my, by far, by far, my most watched YouTube video ever. It's either this or Bruce Springsteen's live performance of Jungle Land and Cleveland in 1978, classic Springsteen performance. So as you know, it's called Eagles Comeback Against Giants, called by Merrill Reese. I'm sure you've seen it. It has over 823,000 views on YouTube. I'm sure that I'm responsible for at least 45,000 of those, potentially even more. Like one summer I was working at, uh, had like a part-time job at uh, Penn, had a Sirius XM station. This is summer 2017. And every lunch break, I'd go into this little room, eat my salad or Chipotle or whatever I picked up. I'd watch this on repeat like three or four times and just chill out and zone out and be like, man, this is awesome. But I know the the day the Eagles win the Super Bowl, it's going to be even better. And just a few short months later, because that was the summer of 2017, the Eagles finally did that. They did win the Super Bowl. And on that night, I thought about all the great Eagles moments in my life, all those terrible times, all those great times. And I thought about the miracle at the New Meadowlands and Michael Vick's comeback and the Sean Jackson's iconic punt return touchdown. It just added to the, the wealth of emotions I was experiencing. Man, there's getting a little choked up now. I haven't definitely have cried on the podcast before, but not from the bleachers. And man, I love this team. I love the way it connects me with everything that I've been through in my life. And I'm sure that speaks to everyone. Uh, their constant presence, good or bad, what else is happening in my life? I can always have those three hours on Sunday. And as a teenager, as a 16-year-old, I probably really needed those three hours on that night, just as, you know, classic teenage problems. I'm so happy I had that moment. I'm so happy I could spend the next, you know, seven, eight years looking back on it before the eventual Super Bowl victory. And I think in a weird way, watching that whole playoff run unfold in 2017, 2018 only made my memory of that December afternoon in 2010 that much sweeter. I just thinking about it now, that was December 19, 2010. Uh, my grandfather had passed away on Christmas Eve that year, and he was pretty sick in the hospital. And it's just one of those things that, hey, I remember where I was at this time. You know, I was going through some stuff of my own. My parents obviously shaken up knowing that, you know, my grandfather was going to pass any day now. And unfortunately, it had to happen on Christmas Eve of all days. 
for that moment in time, me and my dad, we just screamed and let it all out, watched the Eagles pull off, as Merrill Reese would say, most miraculous win he's ever seen. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. So what I'm going to do now, on my BGN article for this podcast, I'm going to, I'm going to include a link to this video. But what I want to do now, what I'm going to close with, is I'm going to live watch this four-minute and 52-second video. You guys, I'm sure you've seen this before. It's Marella Reese's call of the Giants, the win against the Giants in the New Meadowlands, the infamous comeback. It has that classic Remember the Titans music playing on top of it that just gives us this extra gravitas and weight and makes it that much more epic and unbelievable. If you're at your computer at work, maybe you could pull this up and watch it while you're listening. Or, you know, I'm sure you can imagine the plays as I'm talking. I'm not going to live announce it. I'm not going to do some terrible Merrill recent impression, but I'm just kind of mystery science 3000 this thing. And, you know, for the next five minutes, talk about what was until just, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, one of the best sporting experiences of my entire life. Yeah, so Eli throws it to Kevin Boss. They go up 31 10. Remember Kevin Boss? I haven't heard that. I feel like if you don't watch this every day like I do, you probably haven't, that, probably haven't heard that name in legit nine years. Oh, birds get the ball back. Oh, my God, Merrill. My blood is racing. My blood is boiling. First and 10. Mike Vick in the gun. Fires a dart down the seam to Brent Selleck. That was Brent Selleck's what? 
his third season. Just imagine how young he would have been then. We think of Brad. Brent Suck was still on the team in 2017. It was his third year. Has that gigantic touchdown. Onside kick. David Akers. You can't even do onsides now with the way the rules have changed. Riley Cooper recovers it. He actually, obviously his Eagles career took a weird turn after this. Bird's got the ball back. Seven minutes left. 31-17. Mike Vick drops back. You know what he's going to do. Ducks a defender. He's running. He ain't stopping. He ain't stopping. Dives down at the six. Goodness, the Eagles are alive. I had to do that. Come on. You know I had to do that. Third and goal. I said third and goal earlier. I, I thought I got confused with fourth down. It's third and goal. QB draw to Mike Vick, baby. Gets that ball. Spikes it against the the pillar in the back of the end zone. Back of the behind the end zone. Then Merrill does this rant about called no medals for valor. For medals for valor. There's no such thing as moral victories in NFL, but even if the Eagles didn't pull this off, you have to respect the effort. You have to respect the coaching. You have to respect the dedication to not giving up. And that's what it's about being an Eagles fan. Not giving up. That's what it's like being a Philadelphian. Not giving up no matter the odds you're facing. Because that's what the Eagles did on that afternoon nine years ago today. Get the ball back. Down one score. 250 left. Ball at their own 12-yard line. Third and 10. And who knows what's going to happen, baby? You know what's happening. Mike Vick rolls left. He's tucking that ball. He's getting that first down. Takes it all the way down to the 45-yard line. What an athletic freak. I look at Lamar Jackson now, and Lamar Jackson's incredible, but he wasn't as revolutionary. He's like, maybe he's just as good. Maybe he's better than Vick, but Michael Vick was revolutionary. Second and 10, baby. Michael Vick drops back. You know what he's doing. Run up the middle. Man, that dude was absolutely positively electric he's got that juice juice above replacement infinity mike vick in 2010 infinity juice of above replacement as Murray would say this is something special second and three from the giants 12 oh mike vick takes that snap looks left jeremy macklin makes a move high steps into the end oh baby this is a tie game how do they do this i'm probably you know, pulling my hair out when my hairline was a lot better. Probably pulling my hair out watching the Eagles is responsible for my hairline receding a little bit over the last nine years, as I'm sure it's true of a lot of Eagles fans out there. As, as Merle says, if the Eagles somehow pull this off, this will be the most miraculous game he's ever called. David Akers kicks it off. The Giants get the ball. They got to run the clock out. They got to score. They got to do something. They can't give the Eagles the ball back. It's third and ten with a minute left. McNabb, or Manning drops back. He gets sacked. 14 seconds left on the clock run down. Matt Dudge, that idiot punter, supposed to kick it away. Gets it to Deshaun. If Deshaun doesn't bobble that, that causes such a scurry and everyone goes nuts. That's why he's able to do it. Jason Avant creams that guy. Mike, Mike Quick. Oh, oh. Deshaun's running around like a nut. And he's in the end zone, and there's no time. The Eagles win. The Eagles win. This is Miracle at the Meadowlands number two. He ran around until all the zeros were on the clock. The Giants fans can't believe it. The Eagles have just pulled off the most miraculous win I have ever seen. Ah, uh, go birds, baby! I'm gonna. Turn this off before I get too emotional. It's Dallas week, baby. Let's kick some tail on Sunday. 
As Dick Vermeil once said, uh, don't let anyone ever take you for granted. I've heard the Dallas Cowboys are going to take us for granted. The Dallas Cowboys are going to take us for granted. We'll whoop their you-know-what. That's it from the bleachers. Follow me on Twitter at Seamus underscore Clancy. Subscribe to my Patreon newsletter. Just $2 a month for a newsletter every Monday through Friday. Deliver to your email inbox every morning. $2 per month. Patreon.com slash Seamus underscore Clancy. That's it for me. Come tailgate on Sunday. Go Birds, baby. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people.